0: So, does that mean you're also not a very competitive person? Like, what game were you playing?
1: Uh, The game's called Spit, I think. I oh, think that's what I think it was I've called. played that before. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, basically, it's not a game of skill, per se. What? <laughs> I mean,
0: like, of course there's skill.
1: It's a pretty, like, simple card game. Like, the, the idea is, that, you know, you pay attention to which cards you're flipping, and then you like, got to act fast. It's about reflexes, really, act fast and stuff. But um, oh, I think
0: I know that one.
1: I yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I, I, I never grew up playing card games, so I feel like even though I get curious and I want to participate, and every now and then I get into it, like ninety-eight percent of the time I'm just like, yeah, I don't care anymore. It's been t- <laughs> it's been like eight seconds, and I'm like, I don't know, I, I yeah, I want to lose this thing so bad right now. <laughs>
0: We used to play cards a lot when I was younger. Like, yeah. we had family family card nights. Uh, mm. we played different kinds of games. I mean, I learned how to play solitaire at a pretty young age from my mm-hmm. great aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of had to pay attention, though, with her because she was, she
1: was a, a very cheater? heavy. No.
0: She was a cheater. I was going to work <laughs> up to that. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for ruining it. Yeah. She was also a very heavy drinker. And, uh, yeah, she. we used to play cards with her. I think we played like uh, Gin Rummy, or I remember at a young age playing was a bridge. Anyways, there was some kind of game. I don't think it's either of those games, mm-hmm. but it came with a board and like little little uh, plastic bits that okay. you like put into the different holes. And right, depending right. on the board, there could be like 50 to 100 or 200 like holes where you right, move right. around your little stick things. And we played that, but mostly played this game called 21 um, with my dad. Um, And we played that as a family, the four of us, very often. And we Mm -hmm. would sometimes, I remember using like pennies or different things to like put in the middle. But it wasn't until later on that I realized we were just playing blackjack.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounded like, 21?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Straight up, yeah. My dad was a gambler. Great. I didn't find that out till later on in life. Huh. Complicated.
1: <laughs> I feel like I just grew up with TV as the entertainment. Like that's what you did as a family. You watched TV. It, that, that was oh, like yeah. that was it, you know. You want the kids to shut up for a bit. Turn on the TV. <laughs> it's no problem. I mean like
0: <laughs> It's great.
1: It's great. I love the Don't I, get- I love the TV. I feel mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't thanks to 80s the, television, <laughs> In the <that>.
0: TV, <laughs> not just television, the TV.
1: I feel like when I was like eight or nine years old, uh, we would sit around and watch soap operas with my grandmother for like three, three or four hours. Sometimes it's just Amazing. it was just like drivel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that it's quality content. Yeah. It takes a long time to Cine- absorb everything that's happening. Cinematic
1: masterpieces <laughs> about young women from poor families who fall in love by happenstance with a millionaire do-gooder guy. You know, she can fix him. Yeah.
0: You never know. <laughs> right. The sky's the limit.
1: Right. Yeah. You know,
0: Hi, everybody. This is Sound Digressions. <laughs> <laughs> I just went for it.
1: <laughs> great, great. This is Sound Digressions, and Renique, you are back.
0: I'm here. We're back, back. to Sound Digressions.
1: <laughs> woo, 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 woo. So glad to have you.
0: Jokes, laughter. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Hand gestures that no one can see. <laughs> Interruptions.
1: It's been funny doing the uh, the last few episodes on my own. Uh I mean like it's funny because it's just like such a different pace. Um and I feel like it's it's a different way of presenting something and it's a lot it's a lot more preparation. Um and I feel like I'm more conscious of the silences and how to do those whereas when we're together it's just kind of like it flows.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something?
0: Actually, no. I was waiting for you.
1: Okay. I was just going to do... Speaking of flow. (laughs) Speaking of, like, see? The flow is back. (laughs) I was going to do, like, a couple of updates, maybe, but I don't know. Um... Anyway, I'll I'll just I'll just throw it out there Uh, because I did like one little episode on like uh, Russia gate. Right. Remember that. And one of the stories that was mentioned as, you know, as part of like the whole misinformation uh, that Russia is trying to take over America was the story of and this didn't come out until last year. I can't remember precisely which month, but really close, up to the ele- close to the November 4th, like a month or two before November 4th, um, so just at the final leg of the elections, it came out that there was an intelligence report suggesting that Russia was paying bounties to the Taliban to kill American soldiers. I remember like following. There were lots of well, there were a few journalists who were like questioning this uh, because it was presented without evidence. It's just kind of like an intelligence report that doesn't show you anything except what the CIA wants you to think. And uh, so to me, it seemed like pretty obvious right from the start that there was like very low credibility. To the assess to this assessment, and they said as much uh, very early on. But like just this week, like there was an official statement announcing that very fact that the assessment by the CIA was actually a low probability assessment. So they thought they heard a rumor that this happened, but they didn't actually have any evidence that it did. Um, Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just it. Like, you know, I feel like the whole thing, the whole Russiagate thing is all about, like, trying to create this narrative where the Trump administration or people associated with Trump are in direct um, collaboration with Russia. And it's always weird to me that there's this need... To I mean like I understand why these people are this dislike I mean like there's plenty of reason to dislike them right, but it's confusing when there's um, all these elaborate lies told mm. about them right like yeah um, like if you did like an expose on how the Trump administration deregulated the environmental protections agency, you have like a ton of material there to like criticize them rightly so for. And, you know, and they did, who knows how much damage they did because the deregulating involved a lot of like uh, eliminating safeguards and reporting. So now that nobody's reporting on those things, there's actually like, you know, in many this instances, instances there's no way of telling exactly how much pollution is happening um so you know like it's easy to go after these people for like the bad things that they've done without having to make shit up mm. um, what
0: really struck me about um that episode you did was also just replaying in my head how often in the west we sort of tend to blame or there's sort of like impending either blame put on russia or this impending doom of russia right and don't get me wrong of course some of those things are absolutely warranted um in consideration of like the recent regime but Mm -hmm. i mean and definitely in different countries there has been real history of you know this impending doom, this very real threat of Russia, right. but it's interesting how this still persists, <laughs> and how it's like, oh, the Russians. Or so often, you know. Maybe we talked about this before, but it's something I've thought of ever since. Um, the what year were the Olympics in Russia? Uh, The
1: Sochi Olympics, and I can't remember which year either. Oh, my God.
0: Exactly. But do you remember leading up to that, it was so common to see in the media, or particularly social media, because Mm -hmm. they go rampant with, like, Russian memes and, you know, like, jokes about Russia or, like, extreme Mm -hmm. Russia, such and such. Mm -hmm. And I remember leading up to the Olympics, um, there was so much in the media about how things weren't ready, and people posting images right. and not just the media sort of pointing fingers, but also athletes who were showing up. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I am sure that there were a lot of things that were not necessarily up to people's quote unquote standards mm-hmm. uh, of preparation, but I really think it is dangerous, especially when you're going to a country that's hosting you for an international event, especially a, uh, uh an event that's of such a caliber as the Olympics, and to mm-hmm. point fingers and laugh at people. I think that is really dangerous.
1: But there's also, like, there's a long history. I mean, this is the Olympics. The, it's the Olympics. This is the Olympics. This is what they do every single time. They yeah. rush to finish buildings, uh, verging on, like, forcing slave labor to construct yes. them.
0: Often uh, pushing people out of their homes and to this, actually this construct those architectures, to construct
1: yes. new facilities. This happens at almost Precisely. every Olympics.
0: Exactly. It's not
1: like a Russian invention. It's like the that's this is what the uh, International Olympic Committee, you know, has built a reputation on.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the Russians
1: did have the doping scandal. So, but again, you know, it's like
0: well, give them that.
1: Attack but, them for the things they've done, not for yeah. the bullshit that they haven't. You know, it just like this is exactly. constant. I don't know. Um,
0: Assumptions. There's this right?
1: bizarreness to, mm-hmm. to the way like accusations are made when it's and it's not uh, the baffling thing is that it's not I mean, you do have conspiracy theories. You do have people like who are uh, well known for making up stuff. Um, but I feel like Stuff like the RussiaGate stuff—that's that's not an underground or behind the scenes or little-known thing. It's very much like national, or at least not nationalized. You know, not not like state media, but but yes, kind of like state media. Uh, you know, like this big corporations that supposedly are trusted. You know, disseminating that, false stories. Yeah. Uh, and
0: that just go along with it because it's sort of too challenging to backtrack
1: or I don't know. I feel like there there's this subservience to power. Um, the, the the other like big incident like of similar scope would be the run up to the war in Iraq. The invasion of Iraq. Right? When there was like weapons of mass destruction supposedly. And there were you had the head of the... Uh, who was it? Who who were the inspectors associated with? The United Nations? I think it was... Uh, yeah. What was his name? Hans Blix? The German guy? Oh uh, my god, I can't remember. Who was like the lead of the inspectors. And he was just like, there are no weapons of mass destruction here. Like, they've all been accounted for and destroyed or whatever. Uh, and... Yeah, like so many people knew it, but like mainstream media was just like on and on, like towing the party line of what, uh, you know, like presenting what the British and American governments were giving them as though it was fact, uh, without verifying any of it. It's really bizarre, mm. uh, bizarre and not, Definitely. I guess, uh, because these companies are. They're for-profit companies, and if you're, if you have a really good sensational, sensational story to sell, people are gonna tune in. Uh,
0: what is it that they say? What what bleeds leads or something like this?
1: <laughs> if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I do think it's a very strange preoccupation that human beings have with sensationalism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't even watch scary movies anymore. <laughs> I
1: I, it, I have a, I, I have a weird issue with, with scary. I'm not weird issue. That's not a way to put it. Uh, a, a weird
0: a, issue.
1: A strange relationship with scary oh, yeah. movies because I, I do enjoy them very much. Oh yeah. But, uh, I get nervous and, you know, I have to pause them. I love watching them at home because I, I can pause them and like, okay, I need a 10-minute um, break here. I know that so-and-so it's just about to jump out of that door or whatever or something, you know? Like when you feel the suspense is coming or when I'm spooked for like... You know for some dumb thing, like again, like jumping out of a door that's that shouldn't be scary anymore in a scary movie, right, but it
0: still is but it still <laughs> is that's the point I can't handle I don't know, maybe I could handle like sensationalist gore uh but if it's anything real, any kind of violence Have you violence. Ever... Mm-hmm. Of most sorts, especially, like, physical violence, uh, like, sexual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes sexual harassment <laughs> in yeah. movies bothers me. Because it really gets close to home. I think it's mm-hmm. all just, like, like, really triggers me. Just mm-hmm. all these little traumas, uh, all my traumas that I've experienced. Well, <laughs> that any person experiences. Like, of course, we carry them all with us. But I have just become so sensitive to that stuff. So if it's, like, any... I don't know. I just don't watch scary movies anymore. Hmm. It's a bit of a shame because I'm sure maybe I'm missing out, you know, on someone's repertoire of, you know, cult classics
1: out there. But you know what? I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like... um, Anyway, I touched on monster movies last episode too, a little bit, uh, with the talk of Godzilla. Yeah. Um,
0: It's kind of what I was getting at.
1: Which... I feel like, yeah, that first Godzilla, it's it's not like your classic monster movie. It's really about, like, this moral dilemma that scientists find themselves in. Uh, you know, trying to do good while also doing bad. Um, but there's also, like, other kinds... Of, um, I don't know where I was going with this, but I was thinking about John Carpenter's The Thing... I don't know if you've ever watched it. Oh. It takes place in Antarctica. I think
0: I have watched they that. They find, think like,
1: this frozen specimen. Ew. And... Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that... I think I tried watching it at a sleepover.
1: That is, like, the gooeyest monster ever. And I feel like that's not... oh I was just like... It... And the scientists are... Oh, God. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it, but it's so gooey. It's it's just like, I feel like it's probably like the grossest uh, kind of like monster that you have. Something that's like really gooey. uh.
0: Just think of the buckets of goo that somebody working on that set had to deal with. Oh, my God.
1: They must have had so much fun.
0: Fun, but also like... Irritation, right? Could just imagine the people. I mean, people working in the the film industry. All this corn syrup. (laughs) I, the people I know who work in the film industry, who I currently know and who I've known in the past, that is tough work. And not only having to deal with all the attitude, yeah, and weird dynamics, the long hours. um, The long hours are worse. Yeah. Only one saving grace could be the catering. Hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. But otherwise, uh, yeah, just oh my god, the goo, the, <laughs> the. I mean, the weird, the strange requests, so like oh, we got to do the the goo scene again.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: You know what, All man. All the prep
1: for like seconds of work.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Or seconds then of filming, just,
1: anyway. Yeah.
0: Then just light it on fire or throw it in a. Yeah. Bucket of water or.
1: This was one interesting then, thing with the thing, because. <laughs> in the final scene... uh, or How does this go? No, the first scene of the movie, they come to this village that has been totally burnt down. Uh, And then they go back to the other... It's not a village, it's a... um, What would you call it? An outpost. Because it's in Antarctica, there are no villages. they are outposts. So, they arrive at this village village outpost that has been burnt down and they go back to their own outpost. But what the actual filmmakers did is like they filmed the whole movie and they filmed the end. They filmed the beginning at the end so they could burn down the set and have that as a stand in for the outpost that comes in on during the first scenes. Sure. Clever. Smart, smart cost saving measure. Yeah. Yeah. Burn burn (laughs) down the set and turn it into a useful uh, <laughs> part I of think the film. That,
0: yeah, I think that happens so often. I and I feel like I. Could, I wonder if I would be really. I've never worked on an, on a film set um, of any kind, but I wonder if I would be really confused because I'm in my my brain works in a very like orderly chronological fashion often, mm-hmm. and I wonder if I would <laughs> if I would just be utterly confused because I mean, I'm confused in life as it is. <laughs> But is to this be the beginning, working in a situation, this... <laughs> yeah, you know, where you're talking about scenes like, oh yeah, okay, now we're doing shots, um, eighty-seven to uh, sixty-four, and tomorrow we're gonna do eleven to fifteen. You know, it's like, right. like jumping around based on. Right. And I mean, you have to do that because otherwise, right. how do you? Oh, God, it's so much organization, and yeah. yeah, yeah, that's tough work for sure. <laughs> I <laughs> like how my brain goes to the precise details. Of, like, okay, well, if they have well, to do this, well, they're probably well. going to do that. <laughs>
1: uh, speaking of, uh, a little bit again, another topic that, that was like on my mind recently. Um, the I don't know if you've seen, but like the COVID cases have been like pretty bad in Canada. Um, but Quebec is not leading the. Fr- the charge this time. Uh, oh really? We're not the worst province this time around.
0: Where is uh? Where are the hotspots?
1: Ontario and Alberta oh, uh, really? have been the the worst, the hotspots. Uh, in terms of like total numbers, apparently Regina has had like the highest like per capita numbers.
0: Uh, in Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan,
1: yeah. Oh. Uh, I've heard like people say that it's kind of like the forgotten hotspot because this population is like much smaller. The numbers are overall much smaller, but in fact, on a per capita basis, they have like much higher numbers than than almost anywhere else in the country. Oh man! Uh, but the funny thing is with this, it's like you see Quebecois media just kind of like, and and poli- not 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 Quebecois media, but like politicians also just like. Oh, what do we do not to repeat Ontario's mistakes? And it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Those are mistakes you made in the first and second wave. <laughs> oh my God. It's just like there's, there's like no sense of like memory, no sense of like self-reflection. It's just like, whoa, look at Toronto, they're they're doing so bad. How do we don't get as bad as them? And it's like
0: deflect 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 deflect
1: and forget deflect and forget forget instantly that you led the first two waves in per capita cases and then look at the other ones Was like oh how come they didn't learn anything yeah
0: (laughs) Oh, oh
1: man yeah
0: i was listening to a podcast recently that replayed an episode um where well, they interviewed someone who had written a, a book about the Spanish flu, actually. Mm-hmm. And they had interviewed the author uh, actually at the very beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting to hear the podcast again a year later mm-hmm. after you know everything that had happened. And one of the takeaways I had from it was that Although I mean, it was super interesting to hear about which places it was specifically uh more from like um a United States perspective. hmm And they were talking about the different hotspots and politically, uh or rather like governmentally, like what different areas did mm-hmm. to combat the pandemic. And one of the takeaways I had from it was that hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. And in these times of crisis, sometimes it is hard to say what the best thing is to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I think I, one has to take that with a grain of salt. You know, I mean, in certain countries and areas at the moment, there really just simply isn't being enough done by government officials.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of got my brain thinking about that. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's different reasons why people don't, uh, don't change course, I guess, or don't do things differently. I feel like here in Canada, I mean, like when we talk about like who's done well, we often mention other countries. But really, we can just like point to the maritime provinces. Our neighbors here have done extremely well. They've had outbreaks, too. They've quashed them down. They're like their number of cases per day is like in the single digits almost all the time. Right. And when it hasn't been, they've dealt with the outbreaks quickly and suppressed them so that they're back to those single digits per day. So we have like a model right next door of somebody who's done extremely well with the pandemic.
0: Yes, definitely. And
1: But the lessons learned, the lessons Learn are not being learned from our neighbors.
0: No,
1: what they're doing is not being observed somehow. Like we're ignoring it completely. Uh, We don't need to look at New Zealand. We don't need to look at Australia. You know, we don't need to look at. You know, like we can just look at next door, and people say that yeah. (sighs) It's really frustrating, and then. I feel like I should, like we should do a whole episode on, on, on this. But there, there was the CAC who published, uh, the Coalition Avenir Quebec, who published an article on their own website, uh, basically fan fiction about how well they had managed the pandemic. What? Uh, the question, the title of the article was like, uh, could another team have done any better? And the answer immediately within the first line was like, "No, of course not. We were the best," uh, and rightfully so. They got embarrassed by like, you know, by media and like everybody just posting. Like, I rarely feel compelled to like interact with anybody on Twitter, and it, there I was, you know, twitting at François Legault is like, "Why are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> well, <it> go, goes, Samuel. <laughs> Free speech.
1: <laughs> and they took it down, like after. Oh. not because of me, I'm sure, but you know, like because of the collective outcry uh, <laughs> against it. The, the hate that came in.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Well, deservedly so. Oh, so dumb. It's so yeah. dumb. Here in Germany, right now, I feel like. Seeing a lot of images of the UK open up and people oh, yeah. sitting in bars and cafes and, yeah. you know, out there doing their thing. I mean, of course, um, everything. I mean, you could kind of make a blanket statement and say that at the moment, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but basically anything that can be done outdoors is allowed now. So restaurants and pubs can open if they have an outdoor patio. <laughs> Um, probably doing outdoor exercise I Have to check-in with my godmother and fact check all these stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's so bizarre to see all those images because I mean, here in Germany, we're still in semi-lockdown, but we've been in semi-lockdown since December 15th, 2020. Wow. Yeah. So it's now yeah, officially for it's been since over October. four yeah. months. Oh Yeah. yeah. It's just sort of this strange, never ending lockdown of just essential services. But then things slowly open up. Like you can do click and meet at some stores now.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But you have to have Does a, like curbside pickup? You can that's click and meet. You okay, can do okay. curbside pickup, but this is uh, no, sorry, that's click and collect. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about click and meet. How do you say it you in can, German? They use click and meet. Click and, and, click, meet. and <laughs> click and collect. They uh, use the English. Disappointing. But yeah, because it would be this super, <laughs> probably this super long, complicated German word okay. that would be so specific. Click and meet. Um,
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible.
0: Uh, no, but you need to, if you want to do the click and meet, so you have an appointment, and you want to go to that store, and you want to browse in person for that limited amount of time mm-hmm. you have to have um, a negative covid test from right. the day of your meeting great and it just the thought of that is just i mean i've had several covid tests now they're offering them for free as a citizen you can now get um one free covid test per week great um and if you're a These teacher, are the rapid tests. Those are the rapid tests, okay. yeah. So you can go to different... There's quite a few locations throughout the city now, actually. You can even book them online, or you can go to places and go without an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the ones in the nose, so they're supposed to be the most accurate.
1: Is it? Um, and... How how big are it, like, the, the cotton swabs?
0: They're quite long and they yeah. go very far into your nose.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been tested painful. a few times, so I, I I know all about them. But I wasn't oh, sh- okay, sure yeah. that the, the 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 that the quick tests were also the same procedure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, those are the same ones. They only do one nostril though. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. I mean. I, the last one I did a couple of weeks ago, um, I had to wait in a pretty long line, but I went really fast and it's bizarre cause it, you get in there and the, one of the locations that I've been to, um, it's actually in an old school mm-hmm. and it feels, it's so bureaucratic because mm-hmm. you need all these things and whatever. And they take information station. It feels very safe, mm-hmm. but it has this bizarre factory feeling
1: of mm-hmm. just like,
0: This machine. And, like, going in there, I just felt, like, such a cog in a wheel of thinking to myself.
1: Do you perform the test on yourself? Or do they do it? They do it. Okay, okay. So they have, like, nurses and other healthcare personnel.
0: Exactly, that have been trained to do the test. And that's all the people do all day is just up the nose, up the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Next. Get that swab. Next. Yeah. Swab. It's, it's, It's impressive as... I mean, just as an operation, but I couldn't help but think, like, wow, I wonder what the process was for these companies to get these contracts, and how much money is filtering through them at this moment. I mean, I don't think reports will happen on that for
1: For months
0: from now, for sure.
1: Here in Quebec, we have about, as as far as I can remember, I haven't looked into the numbers recently... We have about 4 million uh, rapid tests supplied by the government, uh, the federal government. Uh, almost, a, I don't know, I can't remember how long ago, but a few months ago, more than six months now. And the great majority of them have just been sitting in a warehouse because the government of Quebec um, has not come up with a plan on how to use them and therefore uh doesn't want to i don't understand they've actually come out saying that because they're not as accurate as the other tests um, that the rapid testing would give you a false sense of security
0: I, so let's not you know use what, them at all you know what word drives me insane since the beginning of this pandemic
1: yes let me know
0: false sense of security that that's not a word those are several words but that term I know how many words are in that don't get me wrong uh maybe I've gone on this rant before but I that really bothers me this yeah. this sense of like oh giving people false sense of security you know what if that okay <laughs> the effectiveness of the test aside if someone has a psychological effect of being calmer being like their anxiety levels going down slightly Them trying to like sleeping at night i mean Mm. i'm probably repeating myself but i remember since the beginning of the pandemic i would get in touch with friends and family and with my partner and with myself i would really find myself saying often whatever helps you sleep at night whatever you got to do but and I think that's still kind of the thing.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's also like the, the other side of that too, is that when it's a new disease that we don't know, relying only on tools that are perfect seems rather stupid because you don't know what works hundred percent of the time or what is the best method to do this so at the beginning there was a lot of attention paid to like you know don't touch surfaces uh wash your hands all the time and these are good things to do yeah these are things that you know oh maybe we haven't been you know we made us realize that we haven't been washing our hands as much as we should (laughs) uh yeah And also that, you know, this actually, like, it's a great way of preventing other diseases. But now, a year, over a year into it, we know that, you know, surface contagion has not been proven. And there's actually, like, no documented cases of, you know, you touching the same surface as another person who had it being Mm -hmm. the source of contagion, right? Mm -hmm. So that was, like, it turns out it was an imperfect... Uh, method to try to combat COVID, but it wasn't bad, you know, and it had other benefits oh. and stuff. I'm just saying, anyway, maybe that's not the best example of, like, something not being 100% perfect, but actually kind of helping in some ways.
0: Um, Agreed, yeah.
1: I feel like the whole two meters thing, you know, being two meters apart, being six feet apart, I feel like now we should, we should be done with that. Um... Because it's an aerosol uh, virus, you know, that's how it transmits itself. And since we know surfaces, you know, we should be able, you know, we, we should do away with like the two meter distancing thing. Except maybe without mask outdoors. Now, But now that I'm saying like not with everybody masking indoors, I don't know, it just seems like the whole two meter thing... Do you thing,
0: mean that... Do you mean that it's too close or too far away or what what exactly?
1: uh, I mean that it's uh, in an indoor setting where nobody's wearing a mask, two meters is not doing anything for anybody.
0: No, with the windows closed (laughs) and the door shut. Right.
1: So that's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not being clear. Yeah. So the two meters thing is not doing fuck all. You know, if, if I work two meters away all day, from somebody who's got covid i'll probably have Dep- covid at the end of the day
0: depending on the scenario yeah, yeah. i mean if you're in a working in a room, yeah, 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 with no air circulation and you are only mandated to wear a mask when you get up from your desk to go get a glass of water right yeah then yeah no yeah. that's just silly keep the mask on all the time so I feel like, yeah yeah, yeah
1: we, have, we have you know the mask has replaced the two meters or should replace <laughs> this whole this two meter mandate and stuff but but I don't know. I feel like a lot of people still feel like that as long as they're doing the two meter thing, they don't have to wear a mask indoors. Oh, man. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> so uncomfortable. I go into buildings it? and like none of the security guards are, are wearing masks because they're sitting really? two meters apart and oh. they're behind plexiglass. That's, you know, so this
0: three... together.
1: F- yeah. Yeah, they're in the same fish tank. So yeah. <laughs> Three feet of plexiglass, you know, with like eight feet above them where the air passes through. <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah.
0: Well Samuel hindsight is twenty twenty.
1: <laughs> People would listen to this podcast in eight years and they'll be like, Oh look at them, they they knew so much already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what the reaction's going to (laughs) be. Those Um, two smart cookies. Yeah. It's interesting because tonight I actually, um, uh, I wasn't expecting to talk to you about all this. I thought we would, I sort of had assumed we would keep it really like light and, um, Oh, this is (laughs) (laughs) light. I mean, my proposal is going to be, like, asking you questions like, so, Samuel, Mm -hmm. what did Mm -hmm. you see outside the window today? Well, today. Or, like, Samuel, (laughs) do any of your neighbors smoke inside?
1: I don't think so. I think there's a new neighbor that came in uh, sometime last year. I can't remember. My God, like, my memory is, like, so shit now. Like, I just don't remember what happened, you know. I, I I feel like I remember things, but I have no sense of chronology anymore. Everything uh, is warped. Yeah. Uh anyway, super beefy dude. Yeah. Often naked in his kitchen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, that's something I noticed. Speaking of my neighbors, yeah. Oh. Uh,
0: I'm glad to hear your neighbor feels comfortable in his space. Well,
1: I feel like I I get like a tiny glimpse of like his beefy arm every now and then and that's about it yeah oh okay oh. his cat their cat it's a couple their cat goes out all the time and Ah. it was kind of cute seeing him really tentatively he's seeing the cat really tentatively tentatively go out today in the middle of the snowstorm that we had this morning oh yeah, yeah. oh poor little cat but he would the cat still went out yeah yeah yeah
0: what color is the cat it's an movie? orange cat. Yeah. Oh, it's an orange cat. It's a yeah, tabby. Yeah, yeah. It's a tabby. It's very cute. Yeah. Ah, that's cute. Uh, yeah, I've heard that some cats are really weirded out by snow. But I uh, guess it's just what they're used to. Yeah,
1: I used to dogs hit a dog that was like really uh, traumatized by snow. And, like when it was. Oh no. I thought it was like really excited about the snow. But the owner was like, "No, it just like freaks the fuck out of him. That's why." He, but I'm like, "Why is he jumping around like crazy when it snows? He seems so excited." It's like, "Oh no, it's the opposite of what you think."
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did that make you feel strange? Wonder if your well, no, your days really. as a dog yeah. psychologist are numbered.
1: <laughs> the
0: do- Shit. Samuel. Uh, my dog whispering career dog is over
1: before it started.
0: Samuel, the dog whisperer.
1: I mean not whistler. Oh. Ooh. That was bark. bark. <laughs> oh. Hey
0: there, buddy. Aw. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some really <laughs> cute dogs lately. But that sounds a bit more like dog ASMR. You know, mm-hmm. i speak to um I speak to my partner's cat um really softly sometimes and mm-hmm. I feel like he likes it. Like, I'll just speak to him quietly and be like... I don't know, actually, what I say to him. I'm trying to think of an example, but... um, I don't know. I'll make jokes about how, like, if he's changed his shower gel. Because he has this sort of, like... Sometimes the cat smells like this, really? (laughs) Oh, here we go. Oh, great. Now this is, like, a big truth here. Mm -hmm. I think my partner's cat, Peter... Sometimes smells like really fresh shower gel, like he just got out of the shower. Hmm. He's a very clean cat.
1: I wonder... I don't know. I mean, like, if 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 the cat was here, I'd be like, is that cat every now and then hanging around, like, a dryer exhaust vent?
0: Ah, no. And, you
1: know, it smells like it's not. Uh, air... What, what do you call them? Uh, Soft air. Yeah.
0: Oh, um fabric softener. Right. Yeah, no, actually not even. No, he's not. Yeah. There's no Marin doesn't have a dryer at their house. Yeah. I mean there's a washing uh washing machine.
1: Yeah. It would only uh, work for an outdoor cat, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If they were like covered in sort of lint when they right. came inside and smelled like <laughs> downy. <laughs> smelled like
1: laundry, yeah. Like
0: downy. Yeah. Downy. <laughs> oh my god, Peter, how'd you get all those... How'd you get so fluffy? How'd you get so fluffy? And the cat's like, meow! And you're like, down here? (laughs) It's like a little (laughs) fabric softener sheet stuck to his tail.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Mm.
0: Mm. I'm actually really looking forward to it, because Peter's going to come over to my house Mm. this weekend. And I was just thinking about how Oh, I guess lately because I'm in the middle of trying to finish up my online course right now, mm-hmm. and I just spend so much time alone at the computer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It gets really—I don't know—I just get really up in my head, and yeah, some days are some days are easier than others, but definitely it's just weird to be in my tiny box apartment um, mm-hmm. alone all the time. I mean, I'm sure I have a good uh, in comparison to a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people are struggling. Yeah. Um, these days still, but I'm really looking forward to having a cat yeah. yeah, yeah. for at least a few days again mm. next week.
1: Yeah, I feel lucky that I still get to get out of the house on a regular basis uh, for work. Uh, mm. I feel like the ideal days are when I work like three or four hours in the morning and then come and lazy around all afternoon at home. Oh, um,
0: well, that's kind of a nice balance. Yeah.
1: I feel like I've not... I haven't always enjoyed plastering um uh, all the time but it's one of those jobs that you know it's like you plaster and then you have to wait for it to dry to apply the next coat. So it's like you can't keep going. You gotta go home and rest. Come back tomorrow. Do something Perfect. Some more. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks plastering.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> gotta let you let it sit. <laughs> let you dry. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So
0: that's a good rhythm. Yeah. It's been good. Would you like to thank anybody, Samuel?
1: Thank anybody (laughs) right now. Hmm.
0: Thank yous, thank yous, thank yous.
1: You know what? In, In keeping our theme of like thanking vaccine providers, another shout out goes to the government of Alberta. My sister is vaccinated, has gotten her first vaccine as well now, too. So, uh, And thanks for nothing Government of Quebec For not lowering the age of vaccines (laughs) As much as the other As much as a couple of other provinces have Uh, Quebec's gotta do things different We can't We can't 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 learn anything from anyone else hmm. We gotta do it our own way We gotta Dance to our own tune we got to vaccinate to our own rhythm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've known some people who have gotten their vaccinations here so far um, that are in my age group. Yeah. But uh, because it's the situation I'm in, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I'll get vaccinated (laughs) until the (laughs) end of the year. Uh, I'm trying not to think about it too much. But um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who I'd like to thank or what I would like to thank Mm -hmm. well actually I think I would like to thank the orthopedic center that I've had to go to to see different doctors Uh in the last weeks because as you know I have this knee injury uh, Mm -hmm. where my meniscus has worn down on one side and I've had a lot of pain in the last months and yeah I'm happy that uh, and thankful that the doctor I saw yesterday said that I didn't have to have an operation. That I just need to
1: Strengthen get up. bigger
0: thighs. Yeah. <laughs> just to work on my thighs. <laughs> just have to bike ride. Yeah. Just going to ride that bike here. Like, yeah. <laughs> just a squad routine. Yeah. Just going to build up just these two muscles. Bike rides.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Bike rides. Yeah. Why not, right? I mean, it's what we all
0: want. So practical. (laughs) I love those kinds of practical, that type of practical advice, Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, you don't need to do this. Just instead of having invasive surgery that takes so long to recover from.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's um, uh, the the general advice for like injuries, for like sprains and whatever, like minor injuries, used to be. They use the acronym RICE, R-I-C-E, for rest, uh, ice, ice, uh, compression, and elevation, right? Yeah. Uh, But I guess that's a bit old school now. And there's a new acronym called MEAT, M-E-A-T. And I can't remember what all the words are in it. It's not as easy to remember. But basically, just keep moving it.
0: Oh, yeah. Movement. Yeah. Probably like movement, elevation.
1: Yeah. Movement. Something. Exercise. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Train. Acorn squash. Acorn squash, torpedoes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I love squash. <laughs> Out of season squash is really my forte. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there is something to be said for gentle movement and to keep things yeah, moving. Yeah, it's, so. not,
1: it's not like don't keep doing the exercise, but yeah, keep moving it. Um, mm-hmm. If you're getting, if you have a bad back, because if you, you sit around too much, well, move around instead of like, instead of trying to rest your back, maybe movement is what will yeah, get you uh, out of it and stuff. Definitely. I, I mean, mean like, of I, I'm not giving any good. medical advice here. I'm just saying, Such you is know, not I'm FDA just saying approved. That, yeah. If you need any medical advice, contact me privately. I have no medical degree. I have I couldn't tell you one <laughs> ligament from another. We'll or, put Samuel's
0: private <laughs> we'll put, we'll put Samuel's private email address in the show notes. Right. Just contact him privately. For Don't it. use the podcast email address. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Medical
1: advice. Got it. Coming you. <laughs>
0: You can contact us, though, if you do have any feedback or questions yeah. at our Sound Digressions uh, email address. You can also find us online on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And Facebook. And
0: you can listen to this podcast or any past episodes on pretty much anywhere where podcasts <laughs> are found.
1: And we're yep. also always open to suggestions for yeah. future shows. Thanks.
0: Drop us a line. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Talk to you soon.
1: Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.